0: was just like
2: crazy because I was in such a low place you know to feel his presence even with my brokenness you know it was just overwhelming and you end up feeling love just by him taking the time to let me visualize these things and see him you know and so he walked right to the side of my bed and it was the most powerful experience of me
1: feeling God Jesus right there with me That's Lindsay Snyder describing how God revealed himself to her at the lowest point in her life. Today on Focus on the Family, you'll hear more of her difficult and broken journey and how she discovered that only the Lord can fill the emotional heartache in your life. Your host is Focus President and author Jim Daly, and I'm John Fuller. John, some of our listeners may recognize uh, the name Lindsay
0: Snyder. She's the president and owner of the very successful In-N-Out Burger, uh, one of my favorite places to go eat. And they're located mostly in the western part of the United States and Texas. I'm glad they're now in Colorado and growing here. Uh, It was great to meet Lindsay and record with her at the headquarters of In-N-Out Burger in Southern California. Uh, John, you and I were both there, and as we'll get into the following interview, this was some pretty heavy content. Lindsay has had a difficult and, at times, heartbreaking journey through life, and I think her story is helpful for anyone who feels like God is far away and doesn't see us when we're hurting. Uh, Now, Lindsay has been very open and vulnerable about the mistakes that she has made in her past and how God has used those challenges to shape her faith and her passion to help others who are suffering. I'm really excited uh, to share her story. She is a delightful
1: person, but you're going to hear that she went through a lot of pain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and here's how you began that conversation, Jim, with Lindsay Snyder on this episode of Focus on the Family.
0: You have such a powerful story, and I've watched it on the I Am Second uh, platform and so many other places that I've heard pieces, and I'm just really thankful to talk with you today. So, let's start with your childhood. Um, what was happening as Lindsay Snyder when you were a little girl, and good things and tough things?
2: Yeah, uh, you know, I can remember back to being about three and a half, four, and. Um, I think there was a lot of normal things about my childhood, you know, um, snacks and uh, parents that loved me and.
0: Well, I, I thought maybe even spoiled you a little bit as the last born.
2: Um. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there was a little bit of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, we had a, a dog and some birds, and you know, my my parents were both very loving and affectionate towards one another and myself. Um, had two older sisters that uh, definitely spoiled me and were excited to have a little baby sister. So. Um. <laughs>
0: Did they put lipstick on you?
2: No, they didn't put <laughs> lipstick on me, but they, they tickled my back when they would lay me down like Aww. at night and that's amazing. That's mm. just like a memory.
0: That is you good. Know? I
2: think when I'm hanging out with girlfriends, we're still like, Oh, you have fake nails on. You want to tickle, you know, tickle my, my, my back? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it does feel good. <laughs> yeah. The the thing about it, I mean, you did feel that close connection with your mom and dad, that affection, especially your dad, um, you've expressed that, how tight you were. Mm -hmm. And uh, even though he had some deep struggles.
2: Yeah, his struggles were off and on um, throughout my life. Um, I didn't really see them as much as a child. Uh, There were just some times where he was away and I thought he was in a hospital. I thought he was sick. But... uh, a lot of my memories in my childhood were my dad was present and we played outside a lot. He watched cartoons with me. I would build a fort in the couch pillows and, (laughs) and watch cartoons. And he was just, you know, I look back and, you know, knowing my love languages, quality time and physical touch were, um, the, the big ones. And he just totally spoke to those and, um, and, and loved me. In those ways. And um, I would sit on the arm of his recliner chair while we'd watch stuff, too. And he'd just kind of just be right there. Just the presence, you know. Yeah. (laughs) It's
0: hard, I think, for those that had difficult issues in that relationship with our dads, but we still felt loved. Some people can not understand that. Because my dad was an alcoholic, but Mm -hmm. I can remember him running his hands through my hair saying, hey, you're my special youngest kid. Mm -hmm. And it just... You know, it did do something for my sense of self-worth. And it sounded like, as I um, read about your life, that you had that kind of experience, maybe even more deeply. Your dad really was able to communicate. He cared about you.
2: Yeah. Yeah, he really did. And there was, you know, years of him being sober. So there was, you know, a lot of healthy years that I can hold on to. Um, And I knew that he'd had a lot of surgeries. He'd had back surgery. He'd had shoulder surgery, different surgeries. So... It started off with le- a legitimate need for a pain pill, but um, he was also a fast metabolizer, so he burned through them and, and needed more, and then yeah. that created an addiction. So,
0: well, there's so many people living that right now, Lindsay. You think mm-hmm. about families that are being destroyed because of that. You know, yeah. opioid addictions, et cetera. Oh, yeah. um, you can relate to that, right?
2: Yeah. Well, it's it's a complete epidemic. I mean, it's just crazy because even his death certificate said congestive heart failure. It didn't point to what was found in him. And and the same for my uh, husband's brother. He um, was 23, and his said congestive heart failure, but he was on narcotics.
0: Yeah, it just takes that young life. Yeah. So you get through your teen years, but at 17, um, devastation occurs. What happened?
2: Yeah, at 17, um, I was engaged and sh- shouldn't have been and my father died and I was just um, completely heartbroken and um, I've never uh, really been one to struggle with depression but that just hit me with um, just an overwhelming amount of pain and just feeling like I can't how can I how can I live without him how can I live without? You know, all all of the things we didn't do or didn't talk about or, you know, so.
0: Let me ask you that daddy hole in the heart because so many, we hear that. We're fathers. I don't have a daughter, but so many women I talk to speak to that hole. Yeah. Describe that for those that may not understand what that means. What were you longing for Mm -hmm. that you're, you know, a healthy relationship and a long-term relationship with your dad would provide? What was that missing thing?
2: I think that the dad provides this level of protection and um, even a defender, a protector, a defender, someone to protect the heart uh, as well as physically. And I think if you know that they're present, you also want to please them and you don't want to disappoint them. And so having that missing, there was, um, I guess, more of a recklessness with my heart because he wasn't there
0: to put a kind of a soft border around your behavior. Say, Hey, wait a minute, Lindsay.
2: Yeah. So, um, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't promiscuous, but it was, it was just a lot of early relationships. You know, I had my first serious boyfriend when I was like 13, Yeah. so 13. And then my first husband, we met when I was 14. Yeah, and engaged at seventeen. So,
0: and that's where that goes. I mean, mm-hmm. in terms of that first marriage, and yeah. um, what were you hoping for? What was real, and what yeah. happened?
2: Yeah, I think if my dad had been there, once the selection would pro- the selection process would probably be different with the person. No, that's really interesting. Um, nice. Then, yeah, because I, I look back and I could see myself kind of going for the reformed bad boy or I want to help perform the bad boy. And, you know, that's kind of who my dad was when he was younger, so, um, and then slipping back into, um, you know, using drugs, so. So yeah, I mean, that that hole there, of course, is that it's created for God to fill, but I think that we do have, parents do have a role here on earth, and um, there's an importance of both a mother and father, and they both um, provide different things for children if you have an absence. Um, Of one, you know, I'd just say there's a lot of things that present themselves that the enemy really likes to play up and try to create, you know, strongholds or, you know, different roads to different places that will just damage your your heart or your mind.
0: Absolutely, and I think you and I both realize John ten ten that great scripture that says the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Right. That's that's his mission is to take us out. And I think the listeners, as we unfold your story, I mean, it is quite amazing, Lindsay. And that marriage did not work out. And uh, what age were you when that was over?
2: I knew, you know, I had this feeling when I was 17 that it wasn't right, that I was basically settling and I was afraid of being alone. So I kept going forward. And, you know, I already had such a huge loss of love, losing my dad. So I felt like it was too much to let go of that relationship that I was invested in. And... Um, and, and it was a very codependent relationship as well. So it wasn't healthy. Um, and yeah, it was, we were married for two years and uh, unfortunately he had a lot of things going on um, was having anxiety attacks and had a porn addiction and um, started confessing a lot of stuff and it was kind of just too much for me to handle. Yeah. And I felt so heartbroken. I felt like, okay, this is, I'm nobody. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not enough. I'm not, um,
0: you know, so it was. And some people, the, here's one of the things as I was just getting to know you better, knowing your story better. So many people are so quick to throw out that judgment. But the reality, and I'm going to come back to this, but the reality is it's refreshing because at the bottom, is where you meet the Lord. Mm-hmm. That's where you, who you are really shows up. Yeah, and and we're not at your bottom yet. I mean, yeah. it's going to continue to unfold <laughs> here because that was your first marriage, and you yeah. ended it when you were really young. Mm-hmm. Then your second marriage—what took place? What was happening?
2: Second marriage was basically a rebound. I was already in friendship and then relationship with um, him before my first marriage even completely ended. So. So started off all wrong, and um, he introduced me to smoking marijuana and drinking, and those are things that I'd really tried to stay away from because of my dad, right. um, and you know, I was just kind of talked into it, and I was in a place where I'm like, oh, I'm the, the reject of the family right now and you know getting divorced and so I felt speak
0: to that yeah I mean the 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 reality of that I mean you said that quickly but it mm-hmm. it went deep it had to sting that I'm not I'm not performing
2: oh yeah yeah I felt like um, you know I felt like I let my family down let my mom down I felt like you know she had two daughters that were my sisters that um, you know had kids and a husband for years and, you know, they did it right. And so, you know, I've, I've done it wrong. And, um, and I, you know, our relationship has gone all over the place over the years, but at the time it wasn't very good because she was sending me very lengthy emails of how I made her feel and how, um, she felt about my life.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, in some ways she's doing that out of her desperation too, because she doesn't want to see you hurt. Right, right. As yeah.
1: a mom, so she. I know
2: she meant well, but I think it came across very um, shame, kind yeah. of shaming.
1: This focus on the family broadcast will continue in just a moment. Are you passionate about optimizing websites that deliver value, perform well, and engage their audience? Can you lead a project from start to finish? Named one of the best Christian workplaces in Canada, Focus on the Family Canada is looking for a web development lead to join and manage our dynamic web development team in Langley, BC. If you or someone you know feels called to serve families while growing in their skills, explore current job openings today at focusonthefamily.ca slash employment. Do you wake up and think of all the ways the day could go wrong? Does a list of worst-case scenarios play on a loop in your head? Can the littlest thing set off a spiral of what-ifs? Focus on the Family Canada has created a free PDF booklet filled with professional advice, biblical insights, and follow-up resource suggestions to help you better understand and navigate anxiety in your life. Download your free PDF booklet at focusonthefamily.ca slash anxietypdf That's focusonthefamily.ca slash anxiety pdf At Focus on the Family Canada, we're always seeking to meet the changing and growing needs of your family. That's why we've developed our free Focus on the Family magazine. It's spiritually grounded and relevant to your needs. Get your free subscription at focusonthefamily.ca Find parenting tips, practical marriage guidance, useful advice on media, and encouraging ways to help your family grow in Christ. Sign up for your free subscription of Focus on the Family magazine today. Visit focusonthefamily.ca. Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming.
0: Some might be thinking, where was your relationship with the Lord at this point? I mean, you had a divorce at 19. You meet your second husband. Um, There's some challenges there that you mentioned in terms of... uh, you know, difficult behavior. Yeah. And wh- what are you saying to God? I mean, where is your relationship with the Lord at this point?
2: So I was, you know, raised knowing the Lord, and I think from about 20 to almost 22, I kind of went offline. You know, I, t- <laughs> I took off.
0: Yeah. You know? What did that look that was, like? I mean, um, boom, I'm just it, checking out.
2: Well, I'm a very long-term thinker. Like, I don't... I don't know. I, I I just can't help but like think about the big picture. So that's why I had to turn to drinking and everything then because I knew that I wasn't right. I knew uh. I knew that just where I was and trying to ignore God wasn't going to last and wasn't going to work. So um, So you knew
0: it. I oh, mean, I, you, yeah, I knew. You're numbing yourself basically. That's amazing.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I knew and I was um you know, it was kind of a prodigal son slash daughter situation, but I just, I also felt just a lot of shame and felt like I was kind of kicked out too, you yeah. know, like, well, I can't, I can't be a Christian now or I can't be, oh, I was a Christian, but I can't be what I'm supposed to be because I've already failed, you know, right. there's just that defeat, I guess, that was there.
0: But the the thing that is so positive is how the Lord was working in all this. yeah. That's well, what you have to keep your eye on that ball, right?
2: Yeah, and I, and I came back very strongly, like I was um, you know just heartbroken that I'd let him down, that I'd walked away, that I took advantage of his grace, everything he did. and so, you know, when I came back, it was getting rid of all the things in my life that didn't fit, you know with the lord and um, and I turned quickly, so you know I was back, and then um, you know. Probably didn't surrender everything over because I ended up marrying pretty quickly as soon as my uh, boyfriend became a Christian. Right. Um, and that's um, that's where I guess some of it went wrong from the beginning. However, we were married from um, 2004 to 2010, and there was a lot of ministry in that time, a lot of good fruit, a lot of good uh, relationships, lots of good stuff happened. Even in the marriage, um, there wasn't that feeling of protection or guarding, help to guard my heart or to fight for me. Um, so yeah. that that pain that had been there for so long was just becoming a gaping hole again because the person that was supposed to be there wasn't. Yeah, and um, I think that was leaving just a huge foothold for the enemy. So then that relationship. Um, ended with adultery. I, I started with an emotional affair and then and then it became physical and told on myself real quick. And, um, you know, it, it wasn't just a happened real quickly. It was a frog in the boiling water type of situation where there were lots of issues, red flags, and I was kind of crying out and not much happened. And there wasn't an emotional connection. There wasn't date nights were getting blown off. And it was, it was just, it, it fell apart. I mean, it was something that I'm sure the enemy was, uh, Hoping to accomplish.
0: Let me let me dig into something that that you mentioned that I think so many women struggle with, and that was that feeling of um, you deserve this. I mean that you know this is your lot because of who you are. It felt like as I read that, just how that is a tactic of the enemy as well mm-hmm. to just pile on. You're making poor choices, and then it just reverberates in your mind and your soul mm-hmm. that you're not worthy of God. You don't deserve this. So many women. Yeah. And men live in that spot. Speak to that and how you pulled out of that pit.
2: I think the pain that was so deep was okay, the first husband didn't love you enough to protect you. This is that. All the things that the dad would do, you know, wasn't wasn't there either. Right. Then the next one again. Not important enough, not worth the time. You know, quality time, physical touch, yeah. not there again. Yeah. And their love language, right? And then jumping into number three um, was just a complete rebound relationship and out of pain. And again, not in a great place to be selecting <laughs> someone yeah. to guard your heart, but right. uh, at the same time hoping that they would or seeing something in them that showed that they would. But then. No, and so then, like you said, I, in that relationship, it was very, very dysfunctional. The most dysfunctional, um, the most emotional, mental abuse, and and I did. I, I went to a place of just feeling like, well, I I deserve it at this
0: point because so. he was so abusive in that way. Everything was yeah, your because fault, of, and yeah,
2: exactly. There was a lot of manipulation, and and then for me to feel like I've already been through two divorces. I mean, this is this is what I have to. To go through. How now. old
0: are you at this point?
2: Uh, let's see, it was in 2010. Yeah, 2010, so almost 30.
0: I mean, um, think of that. I mean, you're living like multiple lifetimes, and by the time you're 30. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's amazing.
2: Yeah, it was, I went through a lot. I mean, I've always felt like an old soul, but now I feel like right? <laughs> no, I mean, I've been through yeah. so much. Yeah. And it
0: just feels, boy, it just feels like um, you just needed someone to be there for you.
2: Yeah, and you know, you ask about who's that person or who's in my corner. I, other than, yeah, um, I was able to reconnect after I fell um, from my uh, second marriage. I did try to pick myself back up, although I was still dealing with the shame and going, oh, I deserve this. You know, those, those obviously aren't from the Lord, um, but I was driving. Far to just be alone with God. I would go up into the hills and sit outside my car and just pray and like read and cry out to God. And so I was very intentional about like just help me, help, help, help. You know, I want to be, I want to be okay with you. I want to be with you. Absolutely. And, and so that was there. Um, but yeah, I mean, the relationships, my mom and my sisters absolutely loved me, but I think that they kind of didn't know. What to do. And then I didn't really have someone that, that really came in. I did, you know, when I was in my third marriage, I had a very good friend, uh, Melinda, uh, who was a huge strength for me. I mean, she was a pillar for me through that. She what did a, she
0: do that helped you so much?
2: She was there, for one, to listen, and she gave counsel. Um, she gave biblical counsel. She would um, quote the word uh, to me. She brought me into her church, and then I went to not just Sunday, but I'd go to the Bible study, and then so I was in church like three days a week, <laughs> just yeah. trying to really stay you, connected.
1: Uh, Lindsay, I'm, I'm thinking back through so much of the painful times in your life, but you've referenced knowing God and and feeling his presence just describe what that was like maybe one particular moment where you really sensed yeah my heavenly father is is with me
2: um well there's a lot of them (laughs) but i did have a moment that was very supernatural um when i was with my third husband um i was crying i was very sad and um i was alone he was gone and um And I just closed my eyes and was just praying and was like, Lord, please just let me know that you're still there. Just show me that you're there. I'm like, I just want you to be here. I invite you to be here. And I closed my eyes and I envisioned him up the street from my house. And it's like he was there. There was just like the sense that he was really up there. And then Hmm. I saw him walking down and he came to the gate. And asked, Can I come in? And it's like I it's like I felt him saying, Can I come in? And I was like, Yes. Mm. And the gates opened. And I said, Yes. And then it's like I felt him in the house. I felt his spirit so strongly. It was just like crazy because I was in such a low place, you know, to feel his presence, even with my brokenness, you know. It was just overwhelming. And you end up feeling love just by him taking the time to let me visualize these things and see him, you know? And so he walked right to the side of my bed and it was the most powerful experience of me feeling God, Jesus, right there with me. And it's like he just placed his hand on me and I cried, I smiled, I said, thank you. I was praising him, praising, praising him. and then, And then I just fell asleep, like in this peaceful, <laughs> Place,
0: so. well, that's beautiful. Yeah, Kind of at your darkest hour, right?
2: Just feeling so broken, you know, so beat up and so broken and just tired and feeling like I couldn't take much more, you know So yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, what a reminder, a powerful reminder of God's unrelenting love for us, no matter how far away from him we feel. This is Focus on the Family with Jim Daly. I'm John Fuller, and uh, we've had a special conversation today with Lindsay Snyder. She's the president and owner of in and out Burger.
0: John, I think Lindsay's story is so moving and hopeful for people who may feel like they've made too many mistakes to be worthy of God's love or forgiveness. There has to be people listening, watching right now who who feel that way. But here's the reality. Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all made mistakes, and none of us is worthy, uh, yet God still offers us his abundant grace. That's the good news. Mm -hmm. That's why we call it that. And just like the father in the parable of the prodigal son, Luke 15, uh, the father God is waiting to embrace you, to forgive your sins, and to restore Your life. And if you'd like to learn how to become a follower of Jesus, we welcome the chance to talk with you and pray with you about doing just that. We have a free booklet or download that we can send to you called Coming Home, which can answer many of the questions you will have about living and growing in your faith. And please contact us if you'd like to speak with one of our caring Christian counselors about any challenges that you may be facing in your life. Here at
1: Focus on the Family, we want to be there for you. We do, and we're just a phone call away. The number is 800, the letter A, and the word family, 800-232-6459. Or you can stop by FocusOnTheFamily.ca.
0: And if you're already a member of God's family, I hope you'll help us be a part of the ministry here. Help us to spread this message of the great news of Jesus Christ to others. And you can do ministry through Focus when you partner with us financially, providing the fuel we need to produce broadcasts like this one, connect hurting families with our counseling team, and develop resources like our website, and so, so much more. Uh, Every year, we help around 1.75 million people grow stronger in their faith, and you can be part of that incredible discipleship effort. So please, be generous with your support to Focus on the Family today.
1: And once again, our number is 800, the letter A in the word family, or donate online at focusonthefamily.ca. Coming up next time, we'll have more of Lindsay Snyder's amazing life story. And for now, on behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, I'm John Fuller, thanking you for listening to Focus on the Family, inviting you back as we once again help you and your family thrive in Christ.